0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From playing in the national championship game to likely not making a bowl game, TCU falls to Texas Tech tonight, 35-28. Another game where the Frogs looked unprepared, crucial mistakes, uh, a lot of silly things that led to another loss. And So we'll talk about that and more. Matt Jennings is with us. We're, we're live streaming on YouTube. Feel free to hit us up in the comments or on Twitter. We'll try to respond to some of next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs.
1: You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Alright, welcome into Lockdown Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Next to me is Matt Jennings. He's kind enough to join us on a Thursday evening. We're doing this right after TCU falls. The Texas Tech 35-28. Josh Hoover with a late interception on what could have been a game-tying drive um, late in that ballgame that sort of sealed the victory for the Red Raiders. TCU is now 4-5 and five on the season. They have to win two of their last three games to make a bowl game. Their last three opponents are Texas, um, Baylor, and Oklahoma. So that doesn't look good. And Matt, I think we we both kind of got on the show here and our first general thought about this was um, I mean, this season, it's not like this has been a a rapid, I guess in some ways been a rapid decline, but we've known for weeks this team is what it is. But this is another, it feels like a low point going on the road and losing to a Tech team that, I mean, now they have the same record as TCU, but they came into this at 3-5. and Uh, You go from playing in the national title game to likely not making a bowl game. That's not unprecedented, but it's, it's still rare. And it's definitely not a good look for this program.
1: The last team to play in the national championship and finish the following season with a losing record was the university of Texas in 2010. After going the national title game with Colt McCoy, the, the year, the year prior, it's a bad look and it's not set in stone yet. You know, um, they could they could they could steal, you know, two of the next three. Sure. But what have they shown over the last six weeks that would give you any reason to believe that's going to happen? I mean, not a lot. And tonight was another
0: (laughs) example of I mean, we're what week are we in now, Matt? This is week. It's nine. week ten. That was game nine. They had to buy. Yeah, it's the same thing every week. Yeah, like it's it's silly penalties. It's turnovers. It's just not executing, and that falls on the players. But this is this is a good segue. Listen, we're going I know a lot of people have questions about coordinators. We're gonna get to that. I don't think Kendall Brows is doing a good job. I don't think Joe Gillespie is doing a good job. Defense is struggling. Offense is struggling. Special teams unit is not making plays. But you're coming off a bye week, and Tech was as well. You're playing on a Thursday night on the road. You just got embarrassed by Kansas State. This is your first chance to kind of come out there and prove something again. You once again, for the umpteenth time this season, come out the gate slow. You go three and out on your first behind early, and it's just, You get a drive going or you get something positive going and it's, you know, somebody's holding or Jared Wiley's covering up a wide receiver and he gets called for some sort of procedure penalty or uh, you get into second and five and you hand the ball off off to Amani Bailey and you can't block and you lose five yards. And it's just over and over again, the same things. Um, You have an illegal substitution penalty on fourth and one. And you can't call a timeout because you've already used three timeouts in the first half because you couldn't get lined up right earlier in the game. Like you couldn't call a timeout to save yourself from the penalty because you had zero timeouts because your offense couldn't get lined up after an unnecessary roughness penalty that gave you a first down. And so you had to call a timeout to avoid a delay of game. And then you had to do another similar thing later on in the draft. And then you miss a field goal. And then you give up a fourth and one, which you actually had stopped. I don't know if they would have actually stopped it if Tech was running the play because it looked like they just saw what was happening and snapped the football. But you couldn't stop that either. And, like, that that stuff's on Sunny. to be real about it. You know, like, that, that stuff is, it, it's on the players too. But, like, that's just basic tenets of a bad football team, a poorly coached football team. And, like, tonight, I, I understand it. And some people might, like, come away from this and be like, yes, this is good. He needs to be yelling at his assistant coaches. But I saw I saw a lot more of that, really, than I ever had before. He was, he kind of gave Joe the business a little bit. And, and I understand it was third and 22, and they gave up, like, a 20-yard run to Todd Brooks, and then they convert a fourth and one. He was upset about that. I understand it. Had some special teams, miscues. He was going back and forth with Tramadol. But, man, like, that's fair, but when you can't do basic things that should be on the head coach, I feel like it's a bad look if you're publicly dressing down your your staff in that matter. And I just don't, like, I sound really angry. I guess I kind of am. But uh, this is more just kind of throwing my hands up in the air in frustration because I think that he's a good football coach. And he showed last year that he's a good football coach and that he has attention to detail. And so, Matt, I just don't understand, and I'm sort of just throwing words at you, and you can respond however you want. I don't understand how you go from a team that did all those little things right last year to the, what we see now. Was it was it really the fact that like Max Duggan and Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis and all those seniors were just that on top of it? and the drop-off has been so significant that you can't find any sort of middle ground, I, I don't get it. That, that
1: feels like the most uh, probable explanation, right, is that Sonny got to come in and just be a player's coach. not say, not I'm not making a value judgment about being a player's coach or disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, after that whole group had been just worn down under the Gary Patterson regime for the last two years. They got a change of pace. They got a change of culture. They got, um, you know, just positive vibes flowing and you allowed a lot of upperclassmen who had been through the ringer to take a step back and relax and take on some leadership. And they had been through fire together And I'm just throwing out lots of cliches at this point, but like, I I think there is something to that. The idea of like, you had a bunch of leadership on both sides of the ball, a bunch of experience on both sides of the ball. And we talked about it before. All you had to do was plug a few holes that really elevated you to that next step. You weren't relying on a massive flood of either transfers or young players who hadn't seen significant snaps before to, to suddenly take on huge roles and and have that attention to detail be able to deliver in clutch moments right yeah and when you're only asking two guys three guys to do that on offense it's it's a lower risk proposition and also if one of those doesn't pan out not the biggest deal in the world right like if if um he was good last year but if a lot of lee had just been okay a year ago or had been bad like, that wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. But he was solid. He was pretty good. And then that fills out a larger offensive line that had a ton of snaps together, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But when you have basically your entire receiving core, except for Savion Williams, then you're asking every single one of those transfer portal additions to hit. And all of them to be to be able to play well together and to know and to be able to read defenses the same way and to be able to line up... <laughs> you have a freaking lineup correctly before the snap and you're expecting every single one of those guys to deliver and deliver in key moments and deliver at a high level and do so at a large volume of snaps then those misses you need every single one of them to hit and they haven't right like you've you've seen flashes from a Jalen Robinson or flashes from a Daylon right flashes from Jojo Earl but like you're just you know I said this to Joel Anderson on Twitter a couple weeks ago when your most um when your best transfer from this transfer class that had three guys come from Alabama and had you know a ton of guys that you were excited about in the offseason when the best one is no disrespect to J.P. Richardson I think he's a good player but when he when your your best transfer is a slot receiver from a bad Oklahoma State team like you have not done a good job of filling those holes and it was probably a bad idea to try and fill up that many holes with transfers in the first place. So I think that's, I, I all that's a long winded way of saying, yes, I, I agree. I think that they had so much experience together and leadership a year ago that you didn't, you didn't need the coaches to preach attention to detail all the time. And now you're seeing the results of that. Let me just one more thing. I'm thinking about it. The, every single basically every single good play for TCU against Texas tech tonight was the result of spectacular individual effort, not the pieces of the team working well together and executing well. Like I texted you right after Trey Sanders touchdown on third and one or third and goal from the one. They that was a that was a gap scheme run where you had Willis Patrick pulling around who's supposed to be the wraparound block to kind of bulldoze his way and clear a path for Trey Sanders and he whiffs on two guys and Trey Sanders is just like okay I'm just gonna power my way in right or Savion Williams catches a bunch of like quick slants and quick curls and just powers forward and gets you gets you first down yardage or Amani Bailey you know makes a uh, you know makes a cut and gets you valuable yardage when he's not getting any blocking like it's just um over and over and over again it's the individual talent on the team is great in a lot of spots and it's able to overcome major deficiencies in attention to detail in terms of like uh play design and 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 play sequencing you're able to overcome that because you just have dudes out there which is great but when you line up against teams that you can't just overwhelm with talent, which is most of the teams on TCU schedule. Cause the big 12 is a good conference, right? This is what you have. Yeah.
0: So let, let's talk about the offense for a second. Um, because I think your point is a good one. It, it made me think of that. Uh, I, I think it was their best drive of the game. It was what, like 93 yards or something like that. Like they got the ball deep in their own territory. Defense forced a punt to start the second half. They go down there, they score, they cut it to 20-14. To and it was the big plays on that drive. Third and 14, Tech just brings an all-out blitz. Hoover spins around, rolls out, hits Jared Wiley. And then another third and 14, where, like, I don't, I mean, I want to give these guys credit. I don't really know what route they were running on the right side of the formation. Like, there were there was horrible spacing. And, Josh just kind of threw it to Jojo Earl because he saw, like, hey, he's open right now. I guess I'll just do him. Right. And he made a nice catch. But that kind of speaks to the fact that, again, I mean, it, it just is sort of individual playmaking. Um, Amani Bailey had 19 carries for 57 yards, three yards to carry. He did have two touchdowns. Uh, Josh Hoover, 32 of 52, 353 yards, one touchdown, two big interceptions, one that sealed the game, and, and the other one basically turned the tide of the game when they were up 21-20 and it did look like maybe they had a chance to go down there and kind of take control of that ball game late in the third quarter. But, Matt, I mean, we've talked about this all year. The The Kendall experiment's not working. I don't know what they're doing. Like, I don't know what they want to do on offense. And I, I know a lot of that's the offensive line. It, it, it's, it's obvious they don't trust them to get pushed in short yard situations. They converted a fourth and one tonight that was kind of a – a miracle and they were running, you know, a misdirection, direct snap type of all these different things to try to just get a yard. Um, They couldn't get a third and two that led to a missed field goal. There was pressure on Josh Hoover all day, but I, like, I don't, I don't know what they want to do. I still don't know what their identity is. And I don't see a lot of evidence that he is like, scheming guys open. I mean, I know there's miscommunication happening. I know there's uh, still things that are going wrong that probably shouldn't from a player perspective, and Josh wasn't super accurate today either. But um, there's just, I, I don't see like a lot of plays where I'm just like, man, that's, an, that's a great play design, Like clearly fooled the defense, made it easy for the guys to go out there and, and make it happen. I'm, I'm just not seeing that
1: week after week. I this is my drum that I've just kind of been beating for like a month or more, which is people want Joe Gillespie gone and that's fine. Like, I think, I think you have a sample size with him. You know what the defense is going to be with him at the helm. I don't think it's working. I think the ceiling for TCU defensively, is we I mean we've seen it in the big 12 it's higher than what it is right now and I don't think you're getting better than that with Gillespie and so like that enough to me is 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 reason enough to move on from him but to your point I know what Joe Gillespie wants to do I'm not sure I I'm not sure that I don't I know that I don't agree with it I know that I don't think it works but I have a clear understanding of what his strategy is, what his philosophy is, what his goals are, right? He wants to keep the offense in front of you and then bow up in the red zone and force field goals. That's an oversimplification. But in general, that's what he wants to do. That's why the the defensive backs play with the cushion that they do. That's why they play with a three-man front and they're not super concerned with getting pressure most of the time. That's their goal. And like I said, I don't like it, but I know that's what he's trying to do. And we have seen at times that it can work to varying degrees of success. I, I don't know what Kendall wants to do. I don't. It, 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 is, it is go fast for the sake of going fast. Even though everyone in college football plays with tempo now, it, 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 it's not as much of a change up as it was in the early years at Baylor when he was there. And it's – none of the play concepts are building on one another. Like, this is an unfair comparison, but it's it's just a – let's look at, like, Kyle Shanahan with the Niners. You, If you want to talk about, like, the best play caller in the game probably right now, right? But, you know, you watch the Niners play. When I watched him when he was O.C. with the Falcons, like, he had – every play call had a purpose, right? He would call a, uh, you know, a run out of a certain formation with a certain personnel grouping on a certain down and distance in like the first quarter. And like, yeah, like the goal was to get like solid yardage there and like, and, and, and move the six. But the other goal was to set up play action out of a similar down and distance with the same formation, with the same personnel grouping later. Right. That's the goal. Right. And I don't and, and, and you're 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 stacking plays on top of each other to set up the defense for something. Right. And I don't see any of that with Kendall. I'll, I'll give him a little bit of credit today. I thought and they've done this a few times over the course of the season, those like little like wide receiver motion before the snap and they uh, and they get it to him like while he's in stride in the flat and get five easy yards and like get an easy throw for Josh Hoover. And then they run into the same thing again to the other side and they're getting the defense flowing one way and another. Like there are a couple instances where you see that it's like, Oh, okay. I see what they're trying to do. But in general, it it really seems like he's just like picking stuff out of a hat and be like, let's try this. And it's like, you can't, again, if you have a, a, just an obscene talent advantage over your opponent, sure. You can make that work. But if you don't, then you have to also use the scheme to your advantage, not just, well, I have dudes and I just trust them to win one of my matchups. Sometimes they will, but sometimes they won't and they need help. They're not getting it with the play calling. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary.
0: Yeah, the other positive I saw tonight from a play calling perspective, not really, I guess, scheme, just more philosophy, was they did have Savion open a few times down the field. Him and Josh just couldn't connect. Yeah, and I mean, I like what Savion brought to the table today. I've always liked how he runs the ball when once he gets it in his hands. It's just again, it's like they, for whatever reason they can't get anybody to sort of, you know, be a be a focused target for an entire game. It's just kind of uh, fits and spurts, you know, throughout the throughout the contest. Um, when we come back, we'll talk more about the defense, and I'll ask. You, I'll also ask Matt, and, and I'll share my thoughts as well, just about Josh Hoover's performance tonight, kind of where we are now. Because it does feel like, I mean, Chandler Morris warmed up tonight. It seems like he's available, you know, if necessary later on in the season. Uh, I do want to talk about game time, though, for a moment. Um, Game time is the best place to get tickets. If you need to find tickets on the secondary market, game time is the place to go. And, of course, this is a sports show, so we always encourage you to look for tickets for games. There's plenty of tickets available right now for reasonable prices for that Texas game. But also, you know, if you're looking for comedy shows, wherever it is that you live, uh, concert tickets, whatever the case cancellation protection, and all sorts of uh, different deals for you. Um, They also have last-minute deals, so you don't have to feel like, okay, i got to get these tickets two weeks out in advance. If you want to do that, you totally can. But you can even look the day of the event and find some good last-second deals as people are trying to get rid of tickets and and make sure they get them sold. Uh, And one thing I love about the app, you can see where you're sitting before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal. Without hidden fees, and you can buy the tickets uh, with just a couple taps of a button, and they'll go directly to your phone, so you know where they are, um, right there. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, uh, comedy shows, theater, sporting events, and more. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices. Guaranteed. Yeah, so defensively, I mean, I thought they did some nice things tonight, um, but just too many big plays, had a, a huge swing there. They had Tech backed up, and, you know, it, it, there was a chance at least to get the ball back and tie it and then give up a drive, and then a long touchdown pass from about midfield. that made it 35-21. Um, a lot of long, methodical drives tonight, Matt, especially in the first half. and and. You, You're right. I mean, we know what Joe – we know exactly what Joe's going to do, and it seems like almost to a fault. I just – my frustration early in this football game, and I think they adjusted to a certain extent in the second half. Todd Brooks had a great game, by the way. He had 146 yards on the ground, and Tech committed to running the football pretty well. Um, But there's just so many easy plays, like with the alignment that they use, with the cushion that they give receivers – in the first quarter, it just felt like Baron Morton, if he could just take that snap and, and you know, look and find his guy on a hitch or a dig, it was seven, eight easy yards all the time. And, you know, Texas is supposed to have, like, one of the worst offensive lines in the conference, at least from a pass-blocking perspective. They had two sacks tonight. They had eight tackles for loss. But overall, just not enough pressure and not enough consistency again from this unit to, to get the job done at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, and, and I saw what you what you're talking about in the second half, which is they went with more four-man pressure uh, more often, and it, it helped for sure. And they did uh, – Brooks had a really nice game. They were able to kind of stonewall them a few times and get them into like second and third and long, which yeah. was big, because um, then you're asking um, – you can't necessarily win on those quick hitters like you're talking about. Um, but, yeah, the – Again, if that's your identity, if your identity is keep them in front of you and then win in scoring territory and in the red zone, that's fine. But then you can't give up the long touchdown in the double post. You know, you can't give up these explosive plays. You can't. You certainly can't give up twenty yards on third and twenty-one to set up that fourth down conversion, which didn't even have to happen because you then you get an illegal substitution, uh, and so. <laughs> Um, yeah. If, if, if again, if that's going to be your philosophy, which is one that I don't agree with, but that it's fine. It can work if you are if you execute it at a high level. And they're not executing it at a high level right now. Um, you know, we've said it. Many people have said it. They miss Dylan Horton in a big way because they can't rush the passer really at all. And not only that, but they can't set the edge in in the run game. And so, I mean, we saw that on the the long run on their Texas Tech's last drive where they were actually trying to move the ball before they started kneeling the ball down you know Brooks runs to one side and it looks like he stopped behind the line and then he just cuts back and there's just nobody there there's no backside contain you know rips off a you know I think it was like 20 yards and gets a first down and then that bleeds more and more clock TCU did eventually get the ball back but it's stuff like that where it's like these breakdowns where you're giving up these big plays and again if that's What your identity is going to be is like, we're not going to allow big plays. We're going to force you to play disciplined. We're going to force you to um, be patient and move down the field against us. And we're going to bank on, we're going to execute at a higher level. And you're going to be impatient and you're going to make a mistake. Well, that has not been the case for TCU on defense this season. I think if I were to like summarize TCU's problems, overall this season or at least when it comes to the coordinators i think gillespie is like 50 percent too patient and i think kendall is like 50 percent too impatient if that makes any sense because gillespie that lack of aggressiveness and that commitment to like no like we're gonna play mm-hmm. we're gonna play this way and we're gonna play back and we're gonna trust in our ability to execute in that way it's like no but you have guys like if you if you brought pressure more often if you if they weren't delayed blitzes if you played up close and played press more often you might be able to get off the field more consistently you might be able, to, that might be a win for you and then Ken Browse, on the other hand it's like he runs inside zone on first and 10 and they get 1 yard it's like the run game is on the is on the shelf for the next four plays you know what i mean yeah.
0: um,
1: and, and, and and the run tempo the whole time you know
0: no you're totally right and i i don't understand the well, I get, I understand it because it's what he does. And as you said, like Joe is just very committed to this. But when you know tech is going like tech is a four down football team. What I mean by that is probably nobody else in the country more than Joey McGuire is committed to going forward on fourth down than he is. And so if it's fourth and three or less, no matter where they are, where they're at in the field, he's probably going for it. And if, if you can't stop that, which they didn't really do a good job. Now they did have that one play that really swung the game for a moment where they stopped Todd Brooks on fourth and one and they go down and score and make it 21, 20. And then they got another stop. Unfortunately, the interception sort of derailed all that, but you, you can't let them be like getting them in fourth and two is not necessarily a win unless you're going to be able to get off the field, which they consistently couldn't do that tonight. And so it just kept extending those drives. And I mean, that was probably my biggest gripe is you, you can't allow that. You can't let most teams, yeah, third and seven turns into fourth and two. You're getting off the field. That's a punt. But that wasn't the case in this game. And, you know, it's just they. But yes, when you bring blitzes, I mean, Namdi Abizor had a great sack tonight. And I think with any other team in the country, it would have drove them out field goal range. But since it was against TCU this year, the kid hit a 55 yarder <laughs> instead to, to extend that lead for Texas Tech. Um, Well, well, let's talk about Hoover for a minute. I mean, pretty up-and-down ball game. The picks were big, especially that one in your own territory, you know, where you have a one-point lead and you basically gift Tech a touchdown. Uh, What do you make of the situation, though, now? Because if Chandler Morris is healthy, Stephen Johnson said he was warmed up tonight. He was, you know, possibly available. Um, Okay, I'll give you three choices. Hoover, Morris, or does it even matter because the offense is a mess and your O-line is not playing great. And it doesn't feel like you have much traction with either guy.
1: They're all such great choices. I know I'm giving you all the good choices. I know. I I, I do think you stick with Hoover. You stick with Hoover through the end of the year um, for a couple of reasons. One, I think that this is, this becomes an extended evaluation period for him, right? You, because you're trying to evaluate, okay, you're probably going to go after a quarterback in the portal this coming off season. Um, the question is like, who do you go after? Like, are you going after someone that you want to start? Or are you going after someone that you just want to like be a competitor in the room with Hoover and with Haas Haney, who's, you know, slated to join in the spring. Right. Um, so that's, I, I think, what you think about Hoover as he goes down the stretch, like, do you see development and growth from him over these last three games? Maybe that affects your answer a little bit. Um, I do think the running game is different with Chandler Morrison in, in there. Hoover, they they ran the ball with him a couple of times uh, tonight. So like, you know, that is in their repertoire when he's playing, but it's not the same. They're not going to do as much read option stuff. Um, so I think yeah that that aspect of the game gets taken away, but I don't think there's a question to me that the uh, the, the vibes are different in the passing game. Um, his completion percentage isn't like that much wildly. Uh, actually, I know it's not better than than Chandler yeah. Morris thus far this season, but um, you know his ability to it just feels like guys over these last three games, well, the Kansas State game, I mean, not so much, but Texas Tech and and, and BYU, um, there were guys who were, you know, working harder on their routes, and and he was able to extend some plays. To your point, again, that's another example of, like, individual effort overcoming maybe not great play calling or play design, Um, you know, those scrambles and getting away from pressure on third down and, you know, hitting a big pass play down the field – um hit that a couple times and in, in those scramble drill moments where you've got uh your, your receivers are helping you out and, and, and working with you to make that happen, right? And so um, you know, I think it's probably six one, half a dozen the other, but I think if nothing else, um the degree to which you've seen these players kind of fight maybe a little bit harder and again you need to evaluate them and see what you have. Um, then you, uh, so yeah, I think you stick with them through the, through the end of the year. And so I think, I think we lost Steven here for a minute. So if we're still live here, then, uh, y'all are stuck with me here for another few minutes. Um, yeah, to keep going on the, on the quarterback situation, I'm very interested to see what, Transpires in the spring. Um, Haas Haney has played really, really well for Alito this year. Um, you know, he is a great fit for this offense. Um, but yeah, I think you need to figure out how aggressively you're 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 pushing for a transfer, or how aggressively you're you're trying to get Haas Haney ready and, and quick next spring. And you you're not going to have that answer uh, unless you you let Josh Hoover kind of play out the string. In my opinion, I think you know what you have. With the Morris. So, do
0: you have me, Matt? Am I am I still here? I do have
1: you back now. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I, was, I riffed a little bit while I was while I was waiting on you to come back.
0: Okay. Thank you. As everything else tonight, uh, we uh, my Wi-Fi decided to go out there in the middle, so I had to make a, a last minute change. But thank you for thank you for filling for a minute. I appreciate you doing that. Um, okay. Let's see where we are. Okay. We'll take uh, we'll come back in. I'm going to ask Matt for for one positive. <laughs> from tonight's proceedings and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the show. It's locked on horn frog to team every day. Okay. Sorry, everybody. I'm trying to get my bearings about Megan. Um, uh, yeah. Prize picks. If you want to play daily fantasy sports, prize picks is the place to go. Prize picks.com slash locked on college. It's very simple. You just find, uh, you know, NFL deals, NBA deals, whatever the case may be. You find individual players and you look at their stats and you pick over unders. So um, you know, tonight, if you are watching the, the Steelers and the Titans, which wasn't a great game, it might have been better and more enjoyable than the TCU game, uh, do you, did you think Kenny Pickett was going to throw for over 200 yards? You could have done an over under on that. PrizePicks.com slash Locked On College. If you use that promo code Locked On College, then you'll get a $100 deposit match. So if you put down $40, you'll get $40 in bonus specs. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash Locked On College. All right, Matt. So, what's your one big positive from uh, tonight, if, if you have one? Mine is, I think, is the play of Savion Williams. I liked what he brought to the table. I they tried to get him involved in the vertical passing game a little bit. It didn't quite work, but at least they were giving that a shot. What is what player or what situation, personnel grouping, whatever? Did you come away feeling good about
1: tonight? I liked. Uh, I also liked what I saw from Savion Williams. I liked Josh Hoover's. Um, aggressiveness and willingness to attack downfield down the seams um that was the kind of situation we saw at tcu try to exploit a couple different times against tech whether it was to dj rogers to jared wiley um they got the slot receivers involved in that game too it's clearly a kind of pass that hoover is very comfortable with and very confident in sometimes that was to his detriment but um that vertical passing game has been something that was missing from the offense for a lot of this season and if they can attack in that way and have success doing it and uh and uh, that's going to be big for them. So I liked seeing Josh Hoover, a young quarterback on the road in a tough environment, uh throwing that ball with confidence and throwing it with accuracy, one time for a touchdown and and for some big conversions. I like that.
0: There we go. Now I'm on. Uh, I I liked how he played, too. I liked his ability to kind of, you know, at least give them an opportunity to go down and win that football game. Um, A lot of you chimed in tonight. I'll get to more of that later in the week. They played Texas this week. I'll probably feel better about it as the week goes on. Right now, I don't feel very good about it. And so we'll see. We'll see kind of where I'm at on uh, Monday's show. But thanks for joining us. Thanks to Matt for staying up late on the East Coast and uh, bearing with us. TCU falls to Texas Tech. 35 to 28, Locked On Horned Frogs Bluff we'll coverage all week long. It's your team. and We do it every day.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.